Welcome, film fans, to a brand new, very special episode of the Epic Film Guys podcast. Oisos, I can't tell you enough how fucking head over heels excited I am about this episode. I'm at a loss for words. It's a big one. It's a big one, Yeah, it's a big one. Um, The words Mahoning Drive-In Theater have come out of my mouth spewed numerous times on this show over the years gushing about the cinematic experience and how important it is to film fans such as ourselves and our listeners saucy our first time witnessing this amazing time capsule into the past i believe was camp blood 2 back in august of 2016 and we have made the trip every single season since to breathe in the greatness of the finest cinematic experience available to the human race <laughs> there's no that's other not, that's that's not overselling it i promise no no and i've told people i've i've, I've over explained this so many times i get red in the face uh it is our pleasure we have a very special guest this week on the epic film guys podcast here he is welcome virgil partner film booker curator of the mahoning drive-in theater Thank you guys. I love you. Literally, I'm I'm getting teary eyed listening Aww, to it. Oh, dude, it's beautiful. It's uh, that that is not lost on us at all. The the love is is it's a beautiful thing. Shining. So, dude, we're like what 18 days away from opening day at the Mahoning. How's it going? How you feeling right now? I'm feeling good. You know, I, I this really is uh, the the time of the season that I really love or time of year that I really love when the events are coming out like every other day, because as the booker, this is stuff that I've been working on for, you know, the whole off season or even longer. And to be able to finally unleash the secret on people and see their reactions, it's like, mm. that's such a huge win. And the stuff that we have planned throughout the heart of the summer is just bonkers so uh everybody can strap in and get ready for that yeah so for our listeners those of you that are unaware if this is the first time you've listened to the show um you're gonna learn a lot about literally the coolest place in the world to watch movies um (laughs) we've known this guy for a couple years here because we like to go to this place every year and i think that you coming on the show has kind of been in the making um for since we've met you uh we just totally discussed it in depth yep. until recently so uh we're super excited to have you here and um i mean i know i can't wait until we can start going again um boy <laughs> sauce i know i know you haven't said a damn thing yet dude <laughs> just a big smile on your fucking face right now and what can i say i'm happy but i mean Aww. i know how you get when you talk about the mahoning justin you get very animated and excited i need to calm down i need to calm but down but for, for those of you who are listening who actually might not even know what the mahoning yes. theater is um this is a, a, an authentic 50 style drive-in experience so it's the only drive-in theater in the country as, as far as i'm aware that is still showing movies entirely on 35 millimeter film and it's a uh marvel of retro programming i mean coming up you've got an 80s weekend you've got a video game weekend you've got a vampire weekend you've got spaghetti western sunday so um it's all retro movies that you all show no first run programming or anything like that 
Um, so if you are a lover of film and if you're a lover of genre film, if you're a lover of, you know, um, you know, throwback retro experiences, then you must go. Uh, when Justin and I went for the first time for Camp Blood, when we passed through the gates of Mahoning Drive and it was like entering the gates of heaven because, oh, <laughs> or hell, because who was there to greet us at the gate but Jason Voorhees himself. That's right. We're home. <laughs> right. Yeah, it really is a, a cinematic haven. And, you know, with the documentary being out there and, you know, people discovering us every single year, it, I say it a lot, but it truly is a legendary status. That's beyond anything that I could possibly do. It has kind of taken us up uh, on this magic carpet and swept us. So it's a beautiful thing and an inspiring thing for not just our team, but beyond to kind of see people take us into their heart fully. And really, you guys have seen it. You've seen us grow from, you know, those early years to what we're doing now. And it's just an amazing thing. I think it shows how far you can go with passion and tenacity and all that stuff. So I think it's a, it's just a great motivator for everybody. Absolutely. Um, so, so Virgil, first things first, I mean, let's talk about you. Like what's your background? Uh, what prepared you to become the curator of the Mahoning drive-in? Cause you kind of have the keys to the kingdom in terms of th- the film selection. So how did you get to where you are today? So I always say it like I, I never planned to be a film booker. It, I have infamously talked about running a drive-in movie theater since I was 13, you know, um, literally talking about running one, not just, oh, I like drive-ins. It was like, I'm going to run one with my family one day and that's going to be our thing. We would talk about it at our, uh, you know, family gatherings and things like that. But Um, For several years from high school into college, I ran a Hollywood video, seven or eight years of my life. And I'd say unconsciously, it was what prepared me to do what I do and gave me the skill as far as uh, curating. Because, you know, just like I think anybody that's a film fan at the time that I went into working at a video store, they, they were going the Quentin Tarantino route of like, I'm going to get my film school and like, you know, so I definitely went in with that approach of like, I loved watching a ton of movies and interacting with people and talking movies and blah, blah, blah. But the the real score for me, and this was, you know, 40 hour work weeks regularly managing um, um, the video store, I would come in every single morning and take the time to go through the movie hound book uh, back then, you know, and look and kind of go through actors and directors catalogs and careers. And I would go on runs of just the first film of directors and things like that. So I looked forward to the programming on all the screens, you know, since we got to play whatever we want, I would come in, pick a stack of VHS and kind of get ready for the day, you know? So that's really, I think, what gave me this uh, knowledge of film beyond being just a fan, you know? And obviously meeting Jeff and meeting Matt and all of that, it just snowballed beautifully. Um, and I say it, it's it very much is a destined situation um, as far as where I am today and where the Mahoning is today. 100%. Um, my, my question always is, I mean, I've seen a little bit of the behind the scenes, uh, you know, doing events at the Alamo Draft House myself with Voice Sauce. 
Um, but what is what does the film booking process look like for you? And especially after doing what you've been doing for a number of years now, I mean, there's only so many movies to show, but every year you guys hit home runs with finding new fresh ways to show movies and new titles that we haven't seen before on the big screen. So how does that, how does that look in your mind? So we'll definitely never, well, I can't say never. It'll be a long time (laughs) until we ever hit the bottom of this barrel. What I started doing early on was uh, going to the audience. We have a box out in our concession lobby that says suggest a double feature. And some people might think, Oh, that's a fun, like little thing that they're doing. I literally read and write down every single suggestion um, as long as, as well as my, you know, personal movies that we want to play and programming double features that we want to play. And I have books, literally now books of these things. And it's great to kind of go back on it, but the beauty of the growth of the Mahoning and the programming being the programmer is as we grow and get more popular over the years and more people discover us, people are coming out of the woodwork to come and work with us. So, you know, for me, it's just a great situation to, you know, not have to work as hard to dig for those connections and find that producer who owns the rights to this or that. Instead, they're coming to us and saying, I have this super rare print on 35 millimeter. You guys are the 35 drive-in. So it's just a glorious thing. And I, I hope that that continues to happen every single year and we can pull some stuff, you know, out of the closet that pe- that will blow people's minds, you know, because when it comes to 35 millimeter programming, it's different than, you know, your traditional repertory programming. Um, for most places, you can... If it's in their library, they're going to license it to you and you can find a copy of it to play and put up on the screen. But when it comes to 35 millimeter, you're truly limited to what's available through the studio vaults. And then if it's not available, then you need to take those extra steps to work with personal and private collectors and friends, um, go to university libraries, go to the Library of Congress, really dig deep to try to find sometimes that one needle in a haystack, which is so exciting for people. I think the people that are converts and care about 35 millimeter, when they see something that has that type of rarity to it, or it's like, oh my God, this is a rare IB Technicolor print. They'll, it gives them goosebumps just like it does to me where, you know, that I think is the magic on top of the magic of the Mahoning. It would still be cool if we played the stuff that we played, but the fact that it's on 35, it's like, Jeff puts it perfectly. It's a living museum. If we weren't doing this type of stuff, you know, just like other indoor repertory houses showing 35 millimeter, it would truly be a dead medium. So we feel blessed that we're able to kind of be on the forefront and kind of leaders for that, you know, as well as, you know, our, our friends out at the new Bev and, it's great to just kind of be in great company with the love of 35 millimeter. And and you said, Jeff, that's Jeff Maddox, the owner. Is that right? Yep. Jeff's my partner, the owner and the really the man behind the curtain when it comes to your enjoyment of films at the Mahoning, he's the projectionist. So he is the wizard. And I think that's a whole other element of kind of cool that the Mahoning has is, We keep our projection booth doors open every single night because we know 
People are traveling across the country for the fact that we are playing that rare 35 millimeter print. So the idea of them being able to walk by and catch a peek of Jeff working the projectors or take it a step further, come in and chat with Jeff for 20 minutes um, is, is magical, you know, and takes that experience just through the roof. And we saw it last year and you guys saw it too. Every single theater went repertory last year. And the greatest quote that I heard last year was when the world goes retro, the Mahoning's King, because it's so clear what the experience difference is. It's great to go and see Ghostbusters one and two at a drive-in, but you go and see it at the Mahoning drive-in and it's going to be a a, a whole thing that you're going to be talking about, hopefully for the rest of your life. 100%. I mean, there's no denying that, that there's no other feeling uh, like the feeling of being at the Mahoning. And just to, to comment, I look forward to just standing there watching Jeff every year that I go. I've got a video from every single time that I've been there where I'm just oh, yeah. watching him setting up the projectors, taking the film out of the canisters, like, and then just watching him work and watching the movie from his viewpoint, even if it's only just for a couple of minutes. I mean, there's nothing else like that. And for so many people, I think, um, you know, that were born into digital, they don't even know what that looks like or it sounds like. And you can hear that projector running with that yep. door open. And when I hear that and then I smell the, the, the popcorn and the refreshment stand, I mean, there is literally nothing else like that feeling to me. You, you can't replicate it, you know, and, you know, the idea of the man behind the curtain and we went to movies our whole entire lives and never thought there's a guy up there making yeah, this right? happen. So it's it's something that I think captures not just my heart, but the fans hearts in such a big way to be like, oh, my gosh, this is this is such an embraced part of the process. And when you take it the next level and say that it's a lost art, the art form uh, of projection and the skill of projection, then it really is something to marvel at beyond, you know, the fact that the Mahoning is, you know, kind of branded as the cool drive in and this and that it it's it's almost indescribable when you get on on that level of, um, you know, deep film love. The idea of the you're watching the man do his magic. So it's just a great thing. And I'm in awe of it, watching him every night for the last six years. So you touched on this briefly, but I wanted to embellish. Uh, <coughs> you, you talked about um, how every theater has become retro uh, mm-hmm. in, in, over the past year due to, due to COVID and due to the pandemic. Uh, and we've also seen a lot of pop-up drive-in theaters uh, show up around the country yeah. because people are craving that experience of watching a film you know, communally on a big screen, um, but they're not quite ready to go back to the theater. Or in a lot of cases, theaters are just shuttered. They're just closed. Sure. And um, so I said this to you when we were there last year, but in a kind of fucked up way, last year was the Mahoning's year because it seemed to me as if people still wanted that movie theater experience that or that drive-in experience. So they came to the Mahoning and in, I, I've seen some of your best programming and some of the most attendance, the, you know, the most people coming to the drive-in that I've ever seen at the Mahoning. And that was last year when everything was going on. Went to shit. (laughs) (laughs) When the world went to hell. 
I think it forced so, everybody to kind of look and discover, you know, which is a beautiful thing. What What about COVID changed the Mahoning for you? If, or, or if it helped it grow? Sure. I mean, it was the shot in the arm for the drive-in culture and the drive-in industry that, I mean, it's hard to say that they were waiting for or we were waiting for because it's like, man, what a weird circumstance to have it all happen. But I think it really just steered everybody's eye to start looking for the alternative thing that they can do to still get their escape and their entertainment, but still feel safe, you know? And the drive-in is the ultimate kind of COVID built-in safety situation. You can literally come in your bubble, not leave your bubble, and then drive out in your bubble. So it's like... It's a perfect scenario as far as people feeling that safety. Um, And it's true. We took the extra steps to make sure everybody felt safe in such a literally mind boggling time where so much uncertainty, what's going on. And our whole thing at the Mahoning is offering an escape and having a community space for people to come and get out of their heads after work or whatever. So I think it really obviously did lend to more people finding out about us. We were on a great trajectory with the documentary coming out in 2017, 2018, and kind of catching people's hearts. And we really started growing in 2019. But then 2020 comes, and we were worried we weren't even going to be able to open with this whole situation. And instead, it kind of turned into oh my goodness, this is the perfect thing to do during this time. So for sure, we saw the difference. And we hope that it gave every drive-in across the country that boost that they needed. Because more than anything, this culture um, only survives, the drive-in culture, that is, if people go to the drive-in. And for a lot of people, it became a lost kind of forgotten thing. Um, So just the idea of, I say that drive-in owners had to give so many no's across their career to still have their drive-in because they could have cashed out. They could have sold. They could have, you know, the the property that they're on now, the the value of it um, is, is much more valuable than it was in the 50s. So they could cash out, but that love of the drive-in is something Um, incredibly special for drive-in owners and the drive-in culture. And now that we're seeing more drive-ins open, it's just, it's heartwarming as somebody who has been a drive-in fan his whole life and is so immersed in it that we have kind of gotten that second wave. And hopefully the drive-in stays on people's uh, mind forever now. And it doesn't become this thing of, you know, they used to do that type of uh, attitude. I mean, hell, I'm seeing car commercials with drive-ins as the hook. So it's like, it's just, it's a, it's, it's unreal sometimes to think that it's so catered to what we do, you know? Definitely. Uh, you mentioned the documentary a couple times and, uh, we got to bring it up. I gotta, mean, yeah, it's, it's one of our favorite it. things ever. Literally Mine ever. <laughs> so. Yeah. We're, we're huge fans of, uh, at the drive-in, which is a feature length documentary about the Mahoning. I included it in my list of top 10 movies from that year. I programmed it it for an Alamo 
uh, Ashburn Film Club screening. Uh, we even so had Alexander Minnelli there at the at the screening. Yeah, the love it. Yeah. Alex um, or Al he is the best. The Al is the best screening, and um, so I'm just trying to spread the Mahoning love, and I think that's exactly what the documentary did is just spread the love even further. So talk a little bit about uh, the release of At the Drive and what that's done for the Mahoning. Well, it certainly has helped get the word out of, of what we do. And it has just like the Mahoning, I think a discovery appeal to it. It's not something that, you know, was on everybody's tongue and Hey, you got to watch this documentary. You got to watch this documentary as far as like, you know, out, out to the masses. It's one of these things that you hear about from a friend that gets passed to you from a friend, just like the Mahoning in a way. So it very much has this ongoing discovery appeal to it. But what Al was able to do with that film, it's it's staggering to me, you know, because I consider myself a storyteller and, you know, uh, a filmmaker, somebody in the community. And I was there during this process and questioned sometimes, like, what is this going to be like? What is what is he going to do with all of this footage? And what he was able to spin was pure heart and pure gold. And it just, I think it's our hearts obviously on a platter for everybody to see. And it's a love letter to 35 millimeter film and drive in culture and all that stuff. Um, but more than anything, it's a master stroke of filmmaking, which I'm just so honored to be a part of as somebody who loves film it's become a thing that like you said people are programming now and have on their you know their tongue so it's an honor and i think that working with al and having al come into the fold again was this destined crazy weird situation that turned itself into a magic you know, carpet or a magic trick. So I'm forever grateful. And we are forever grateful to um, Al and his work on that film. So it's great because it's available kind of everywhere. You can stream it for free almost anywhere. And that's great because more and more people discover it and reach out to us daily and say, Hey, I just stumbled upon this documentary thinking, you know, maybe this place isn't open anymore or something like that. But they see how well we're doing and all they want to do is throw love. So it's, it's a great situation. I remember when we did the screening at Alamo, uh, we always would do like a discussion of what we thought about the, the movie. And uh, a lot of people were coming up to me. They couldn't believe that I had been there. And I was like, I know those people. Like it was so weird watching it, having met all of you and how Your faces dis- on the big screen. It was awesome. How distinct. Each one of you were as a character to the documentary, though, like you're real people, but you're also so individual and so specific and you'll have a very specific look and personality. And it just it, it fit together almost just this match made in heaven, if you will. Um, but it was exciting to me. I'm like, yeah, I've been there. And I, I keep telling people, <laughs> you got to go. I mean, like it was it was amazing because people were planning their trip to Mahoning in the lobby yes, of the Alamo yes. after the movie. I love that. It's it is the ultimate kind of promotional piece in a weird way. It wasn't designed that way, but it is. Everybody, I think, that watches that film walks away and says, I got to get to this place. So, you know, that for Al to kind of give us that gift of discovery for people. It's just incredible. 
because when we started, it was all social media and trying to get the word out and literally flyer bombing places to try to get the word out. So now that there's a natural discovery to this thing and there's this living beast of a film out there that we're so incredibly proud of, it's just like another element of surrealism to this thing. You couldn't script this story. That's why I, I, I'm not a, a big religious guy, but I say it like the drive-in or movie gods are are certainly looking out for us, you know? 100%. I mean... My only regret about the documentary for a, from a personal standpoint is saucy. You and I were there. Like, I think the day after Al shot that weekend, Yeah, when we watched it, I was like, Oh my God, we were there. Like the day after we were like, Oh man, we could have, even if we weren't like in it, you like, we could have been there and watched it being filmed and been like, could have been a part of that. Thing there's that our car. We love even there's more. Our, yeah. yeah. It, there's it, that it, great it element Just, for yeah. the regulars to be able to say like, I, I, I saw myself in the documentary or, but the, the greatest thing is the people that discover it and then make the trip. They don't reach out beforehand and they stumble into the, the booth and they start seeing us and asking, like, where's Robert? You know what I mean? Or right, something right. like that. Where And we've been signing DVDs for the last two years and, you know, kind of uh, again, it's taken on a life of its own that that we could have never imagined uh, would have happened. So forever blessed with with al's work and forever uh, yeah. indebted to al it's also it's, it's a comfort watch for me i'm not even gonna lie to you i mean I, I boast about my love of the mahoning and sometimes when i'm feeling down or feeling low it's the middle of winter you can't go outside you can't do anything because of COVID. i'm like i just want to go to that special place and you put in that dvd and you watch it and you get that feeling because you guys oh, yeah. are all so amazing and everything you do there it's like there's there's a family like vibe when you're there i've never oh, yeah. ever witnessed anyone being mean to anybody else no you know what i mean like i've, I've been at so many different uh theaters or drive-ins and there's a there's a different feeling at the mahoning where you know there's never going to be anyone being a dick to anybody else and everyone's there for the right reasons everyone respects each other and that's so important i think and you see that in the documentary as well oh without a doubt it's that communal love you know that sounds dirtier than it, it meant to be, but it is. It's it's that it's love orgy. of the community. Exactly. But I see it running. I ran indoors now for many years uh, under kind of the uh, tutelage of Jeff. When I got into this whole thing, I, f I, I was running a vineyard when I first came into the drive-in fold. And my whole worry was taking on this position and having such an important role in it. Um, that I wanted to be kind of as skilled in running the theater as I possibly could. So for the last five years, I've been hopping kind of from major chain to major chain, um, you know, kind of getting my my notches in my belt. And that really was off of off of Jeff's kind of nudge to be like, hey, I know you're looking for another thing. You have a real skill for this. And, you know, jumping out there, even though we know it's not, you know, the, the career that you're going for, it's, it's the drive-in, it's a, a way to kind of, you know, sharpen all those skills. So it's just a great um, situation there, you know, again, with Jeff really becoming a, a father figure and uh, more than a friend. And that's what you guys said is the family appeal of it all is what I think people really take into their heart when they watch that documentary. And, they see it when they come to the theater too. They love seeing that, uh, 
you know, the way that the theater runs is purely off of love. And that's really the only thing we've ever wanted it to be. We've certainly had our speed bumps along the way, but you know, the way I look at it is again, this destined situation for um, the good of the Mahoney. So we're looking forward to the future. That's for sure. You know, well, jumping off of that, I mean, as the Mahoning, perhaps as a result of the documentary or the spread of the word of mouth, uh, but as the theater's grown in notoriety, you've received like celebrity endorsements from the likes of Kevin Smith and Joe Bob Briggs and others. So how cool is that? I mean, <laughs> it's crazy. If I went back and told myself while I was sitting there watching movies at the video store, like, one day you're going to work with this guy, you know, like I would have never believed it, but it's, it's this added element of, um, again, what I do is initially was book film. And as the, the Mahoning has grown, it's become a space for uh, guests to come out and make appearances. And the documentary was certainly embraced by Hollywood. And we've gotten, um, a lot of love from people in the industry that will sometimes show up at the theater unannounced and then let us know like, hey, or we'll get a great review on Twitter. They'll tweet us and we'll be like, why didn't you come in and say hello when you were there? But I don't know. It's it's surreal. But again, I feel like everything I've done in my life has has kind of prepared me for this. I was, I grew up on a stage. So I, I've been a performer literally since I was in fourth grade um, and kind of classically trained singing and acting and things like that. And I thought that was going to kind of be the whole trajectory for things. And then film just fell into my life and took over my life and took over my heart. And it was really that kind of independent Tarantino, Kevin Smith movement that um, lit that fire in me to be like, I'm going to, I'm going to go out and, you know, my voice can be heard in this, in this industry. So that, thank God, because even though things steered in many directions uh, since that decision, it was the greatest thing I could have ever done because it led me to ultimately what I feel like I was meant to do and what I'm really skilled um, at doing. So it's great. It's rewarding. There's plenty of events that I look forward to every single year. We don't live right down the street. So for us, it's it's a trip to make it there. So I usually have to pick and choose what I'm able to do. I know there are those uh, that go every weekend that have the luxury of that. And there oh, yeah. are people that travel far and still come every weekend. Um, Camp Blood for me is a staple. It's a yearly thing that I look forward to every year. On the past two years, Freddy Fest as well. Um, But for you, this year, if you can kind of let us peek behind the curtain a little bit, maybe you can't give us full details, but what upcoming event are you personally most excited for and any hints that you might be able to give us? It's so hard because I want to literally spoil (laughs) everything. Right? Um, So, I mean, I could always drop some stuff. So the guest stuff certainly is beyond a thrill for me um, because we just launched a podcast and the idea of getting uh, the guests involved and jumping on the mic with us and sharing in the love of the Mahoning, that's just ultra extra icing on the cake. Exciting. Um, As far as 35 millimeter bookings, um, I can say 
working with exhumed films has been maybe the greatest treat in my um, career in, in the industry, because what they kind of represent is again, that love of 35 millimeter, but something deeper uh, when it comes to programming, which has bled into my heart um, and my programming. So what Harry and the guys at Exhum do and do with us um, really elevated things to the next level. And what they do once a month, at least with us, um, is beyond exciting. But for those of you guys that follow, we are now working with them every Tuesday. And in pure Harry fashion, he's pulling out all the stops. Like there's some stuff we're showing on 35 millimeter on a Tuesday that people will literally get mad because they're like, you're playing this on a Tuesday and I can't make it. I've been one of those dudes. I've been one of those dudes. I'm not even going to lie, man. I can't help it though. I can't help it. I totally (laughs) get it. You know, where I say, you know, those were kind of designed for the locals and things like that. But like Harry's not going to hold back and not play just killer stuff from his vault. So we're about to announce Nightbreed, which is going to be playing on a Tuesday. Um, But the stuff that he has planned on Tuesdays is is crazy. But I'll give you guys an exclusive. Um, It hasn't been announced yet, but David Lynch weekend is happening the week after Van Party. (laughs) And we are doing it three days in a row with guests. And uh, hopefully up on screen, we will have maybe the most mind-boggling appearance at the Mahoning Drive-In Theater uh, to date. So it's stuff like that that literally makes me um, get up in the morning where I'm like, (laughs) this is going to be happening and people are going to go crazy. But um, Eraserhead, Blue Velvet on Friday. Saturday, uh, Firewalk with me and Mulholland Drive. Sunday single feature of Dune on 35 oh, oh my fucking god. <laughs> so it's like if one of those films was playing in any repertory house across the country, it would be a not could not miss event. But the idea that we're playing all those in a three day run with guests, with the support of the filmmakers and all that stuff, that's surreal for me as, as somebody who again, you know, sat watching David Lynch and, you know, kind of mirrored david lynch's weirdness in in filmmaking and all that stuff it's it's nutty so beyond that the disney stuff that i can say is is happening it's it's funny because shit you really tell how much action 35 millimeter vaults get when you know there's a really kind of slow moving train because you're like it could be one guy literally going and looking for these friends but uh, I've put in 20 plus requests for, for uh, Disney titles this year. And for those people that aren't in the know with how we got to work with Disney, it was a two year process to kind of uh, prove to Disney that we were worthy of playing their 35, their coveted 35 millimeter prints. Um, they do not allow any theaters to play. Uh, they're animated stuff. So right away when we say Disney, they're like, are you going to be playing Aladdin and the Lion King? I wish. But we are get to dig a little bit deeper, and it's pure Mahoning touch to be able to play those live action gems that people grew up with. So it's a cream dream. No, Nobody across the country um, is playing these films, and certainly they're not playing them on 35 millimeters. So truly one of a kind. Um, 
programming coming up and it's crazy to think but that i would say um is definitely some good stuff to look forward to well that is a fucking bombshell dude that is extremely (laughs) exciting and i know every year when you guys put up those posts like name a movie or whatever or a to z you know and there's one every year it's live action disney I've yeah. only seen it once when it first originally came out on opening night um, uh-huh. as a kid. And I I pray someday that I'll be able to see the Rocketeer on 35 millimeter somewhere. Um, and every year I put it in there, I know that it's a, a smaller title. But for me, I'm like, that's a bucket list one for me. So hearing that you guys are closer to that and just the idea that you've got your hands on it is so fucking awesome. I mean, congrats. Hats off to you, man. It's It's an exciting time. And hopefully we can make your dreams come true this year. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Oh shit! I'm seriously got goosebumps up my back, dude. Yeah, it's well, it's it's that's again like, I it's so hard because people know it when they come to the theater now. If they know me kind of um, personally or have kind of taken up chatting with me, I'm terrible at keeping my mouth closed. <laughs> so they'll come over and kind of wrench in and be like, "So what you got? What what's brewing? You know, any any inside dirt we can get?" And I'm so bad at kind of keeping my mouth shut so hopefully all that stuff happens and like a week from now i'm not apologizing like sorry that didn't (laughs) but we seem to be in good shape for all this stuff so you mentioned a podcast sir a mahoning podcast you say yeah again talk about another dream come true and the gift that keeps on giving of the mahoning so literally today um we did a launch of our patreon And tied into that, and really the core of that, is the branding of Mahoning Drive-In Radio, which, for those people who have been on the lot over the last four or five years at the Mahoning, you've probably heard me doing just this, talking into a microphone, um, getting into your ears in the hours before the sun sets, playing music, um, and kind of chatting about the love of 35mm, sometimes to a fault, I can uh, I can be kind of that uh, rah rah you know guy, but I think it really adds um, to that love of the Mahoning, and this certainly is going to be an extension of the documentary in a lot of ways, and what Al gave us as far as presenting the Mahoning as a character piece, you know. So what we're going to be doing is. Um, very much in the audio and video form, giving people an inside look, a continued inside look at what the Mahoning does, um, how we continue to function, and even deeper, you know, the projects we have hopefully tied into this thing. um, And with some of the people that we're working with this year, hopefully it just uh, continues to grow and grow. I'm somebody who always liked to have a lot of coals in the fire and, finger in a lot of pies again sounds dirtier than it's meant to sound (laughs) but um there's a lot of things brewing and it's incredibly exciting to kind of get this ship kind of launched with the first initial um outing which is kind of getting out there in people's ears and hopefully they embrace us as much as they've embraced um the mahoning over the years so i think it's a great natural progression for us, the theater that's literally run by community and fed by love, um, offering out uh, exclusives and um, uh, extra added perks to helping us fundraise every single month. So 
the Patreon just launched. It's patreon.com forward slash Mahoning Drive-In. And there's three different tiers that you can jump into, I say, depending on your fandom level. Um, but I guess it's depending on how much you can afford. <laughs> uh, but you have everything from $4.99, $9.99 uh, to $19.99. And it gives you all sorts of discounts at the theater, online. Um, you get a really awesome exclusive membership card that's numbered. So we, we heard from a lot of fans today, like, I'm getting in for that single digit, you know? So <laughs> hopefully it's it's one of those things that we can continue to grow off of. I told Mark, who is very much the spearhead of this and co-host in this venture, um, that hopefully this reaches our wings further beyond what uh, the documentary and, uh, you know, the press that we've gotten uh, does, where it can kind of just be, again, another piece of discovery for people. And we have people reach out all the time who've seen the documentary and have no intention of coming to the Mahoning Drive-In Theater because they're way too far or, you know, um, up there in age and aren't going to be traveling from California on over to, to PA anytime soon. And all they want to do is is find a way to support us. Can I buy a T-shirt? Can I do this or that? So Mark puts it perfectly. This is a way for anybody who is down with the Mahoning dream and the Mahoning uh, trajectory to kind of get on board and help us grow. So you guys know it. It's it's a family there. And you guys certainly have become family there and should feel like family there. And that's what we hope to do is, you know, you guys know it. When somebody lives inside of your ears, being podcast fans and running a podcast, it's incredibly intimate. And um, I've been a fan of podcasts my whole entire, you know, upbringing since podcasts were a thing. So it's really exciting to be in that position of being mouthpiece for 35 millimeter, being a mouthpiece for drive-in culture, and literally having the audience to shout it to, even when the moaning isn't open. So great it's exciting i mean i said this pre-roll when we were just shooting the shit that i believe it was last summer when i was there i literally turned to loisos while we were sitting there it was like intermission and you were on the mic on the radio and i was like this dude needs to do a fucking podcast i was like everything's here (laughs) and it was like you just sounded so perfect like you were so comfortable with everything and it was like it's already there, you know? Yeah. So it was a matter of time. I, I had a feeling about it. Not to say that I predicted it, but I mean, you, you kind of have to, you have too many things in front of you that point in the right direction. So it, it, it's super exciting to hear that. We're definitely going to be checking that out. The Epic Film guys. And I can supporters. say you guys certainly um, inspired this and, and many people that come to the lot um, that were doing their own thing and following their dream and, um, all that stuff. That's what gave us confidence to kind of push this out and be like, all right, let's, let's try this. Or maybe this is an angle um, to go after as far as a means to get the word out on the Mahoning. So again, it's, it's a beautiful kind of ever giving fan inner circle thing where we inspire each other in an odd way. So it's a beautiful thing. And Again, the idea of being on the podcast with you guys, it's such a long time coming because I have seen you guys and grown up with you guys on the lot over the last, you know, four or five years. So it's a great thing. But you guys can probably speak on it. How many people were at that Camp Blood too? It wasn't no packed house, right? 
Um, I'm trying to remember actually, Saucy, because we were both so excited. We were, I, we were like, I mean, amazed at everything to the point where I mean, I've I've got memories, but it was like almost like it didn't happen. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> That's a fever dream. <laughs> kind Pre- of precious memories for sure. I think I remember saying to you, there should be more people here for what this is. I just I remember saying that to you. So uh, in those early years, that was the theme of kind of what we were doing was like and Al caught it in the documentary where there were. That's why I love the fact that he kept that Spider-Man stuff in there, because it's like, man, in no way were we like off to the races. This recent success is very recent, you know, so it's it's a great thing. And I think I could be more thrilled for you. Yeah, Who can't get behind that? The idea of seeing that natural growth and i don't know it's just it's a dream come true on so many levels that i almost do have to pinch myself and be like is this really happening (laughs) so it's it's a beautiful thing well on that note there's one last thing i want to ask you this is a kind of a you know a hard question for anyone to answer especially someone in your position yeah as many events as you've you've done curated put together what is your favorite event? If you can name just one that you guys have done at Mahoning, just one or, or yeah, if not an event, a favorite memory, maybe. Yeah. A favorite memory. Um, so we had Zach Galligan out for gremlins and gremlins Two for our gremlins takeover event. And he was really like our first bigger guest, you know, like, um, so we watched Gremlins or ran Gremlins. He did signings throughout the whole first movie. Huge turnout. It was amazing. Um, but he was the coolest dude. And I, I was the guy who obviously booked him, but was taking him kind of around, you know, the town. And we walked through the lot, uh, past all the cars, you know, and the thing I love about walking around the drive-ins, you can hear the movie all the time, regardless of where you are. It's kind of this like, Uh, aura around the drive-in but we walked all the way up to the screen we sat in the grass uh we laid back just the two of us laid back under the screen and it was just like you know you guys know it the mahoning screen is massive and he starts kind of telling me these stories of the making of gremlins 3 and you know this girl really was you know coming on to me hard that one time (laughs) i'm sitting here like with my hands behind my head, looking at the stars and, you know, sitting there with Zach and being like, what, what life is this? Like, how, how did this happen? So that's definitely the, uh, a very precious memory as far as like it all kind of starting to go the way that it started to go. And each year we kind of took a little hint from our success and tried to add on a little element, but Ninja Turtles weekend is pretty, pretty <laughs> special for me. Um, and again, like people know when it's an exhumed weekend. Um, I, at least I think they can tell when it's an exhumed weekend and a traditional Mahoning weekend. I can certainly go a little more bubblegum um, as far as my programming goes. And that's the stuff that I really, really love uh, because it brings the families out. It, gives the families a chance to all experience it together and relive the thing that 
made me fall in love when I was 13. Not to say we don't get kids out for Camp Blood every single year, um, <laughs> but, you know, Turtles... James, let's talk about James for one second. So James Mills is our production and set designer and has been an unpaid um, portion to this whole madness since, uh, gosh, like year two. And what he does is takes an event and elevates it to a monstrous level. And when I say production designer, um, it's just that he will literally build sets photo ops um literally to a t um like ocd looking at his phone saying ah, the can was turned a little more this way the picture frame was turned a little more this way on the wall so he has this like ultra um ocd thing about it but what it brings to the fans is this again extra added element of what is this place, you know? And what he did for Turtles Weekend was he dressed up as Raphael um, in the trench coat and we had Faye come out and dress up as April O'Neil. And it was one of those things that was just like, again, my childhood was just reliving there. And I would see it in children's eyes and parents' eyes, people my age, coming in and being like, ah, this is just heavenly. So stuff like that always sticks with me. And we certainly make a point to try to hit the family events at least once a month. But now that we got the Disney stuff, hopefully it's an easy ends. And, uh, you know, for my love of, <laughs> of film, it's going to be a lot of fun stuff for families this year. Well, on that note, Virgil, we can't thank you enough for number one, all that you've done at the Mahoning. Um, and also for coming on the show and talking about it with our listeners, spreading the love and just chatting with us, man. It's, it's always a great time talking with you. I know that both Brian and I can say we look forward to talking to you, even though you're usually busy when you're at the Mahoning, but you always will take the opportunity to chat with every single person um, and show them that love and that respect. So if you want to just, you know, uh, tell our listeners where they can find everything they need to see to have to do with the Mahoning and the new podcast. Absolutely. Well, again, I love you guys. It's such an honor to be on the show um, and finally make this happen. But if you guys are a fan of what you're hearing, if you're a fan of the Mahoning Drive-In Theater, if you're a fan of cinema, um, check us out at MahoningDIT.com for all the dates, the deets, the tickets. Um, if you are on the socials, you can certainly find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at MahoningDIT. Um, and come and check us out. That's, that's the biggest thing is, uh, if you're thinking in your mind, it's a little bit too far, um, or is it going to be worth the, the trip or, uh, what are the, what are the, the things that could happen that could go wrong? Forget it. Just make it a point to snag those tickets, Do it. plan Do your it. trip. <laughs> we offer overnight passes. You can literally come and spend three days with us. I guarantee you it will be the cheapest vacation you have ever taken your family on. So uh, inexpensive, I should say. And it will be an experience that sticks with you for the rest of your life. So hopefully we see a lot of new faces this year. And I look forward to seeing you guys this year for sure. Well, for I know sure. I can't wait. The Mahoning Drive-In is a nostalgic throwback to a bygone era, but it's a very, very bright future. For the, for the drive-in. So uh, Virgil Cardamone, thank you so much for coming on. 
And Thank if you guys. any of our listeners, uh, aside from the documentary, go watch it right now if you have Amazon seen it, Prime Video for or, free or buy it. I mean, if for those physical media lovers, if you're listening to this show, you know, you're probably buying your movie still. Um, but also, aside from the documentary, I actually did a walkthrough video from Camp Blood 5 in 2019. That's on our YouTube channel if you want to see me, like in, in a very brief overview of what it's like to get to the Mahoning and that feeling you get when you get out the door. You see that big screen and you just smell that popcorn in the air and there's nothing else like it. So we're going to be championing this pod, on this podcast the drive-in as much as we possibly can. We have been doing it for years and we will continue to support them. So for our listeners, Loisos, you tell them where they can find us if they don't already know. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, etc. You can also find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Epic Film Guys. There's one more thing that I just thought of. I don't think it came up once in the conversation. Uh, Joe Bob Briggs is coming to the drive-in this year. Uh, which is absolutely mind-blowing and a dream come true, not just for the team, uh, but specifically for James. He has been pushing for this to happen since the day I met him. And this is going to be uh, one of epic proportions. And I can say if people love it, hopefully it will be something that's coming back every single year for people to look forward to. So excited about The last drive-in at the drive-in. And that's early July, correct? Correct, yep. Looking at, yeah. I think the fifteenth, sixteenth, right in the mid of July. I know because so, I, yeah. As soon as I heard that, like I said, I, you know, pre-show, I mentioned I called the hotel I stayed at every time I'm there, <laughs> and I was like, "Yo, can I book that date?" And they're like, "That's too far out for us to book." So I'm on their, their, their I'm on their notepad to call me early April, so I make sure I get that room because there's no way I'm fucking missing that. That's that's such a big deal. Very very exciting. So I at least wanted to toss that out uh, there because I can't believe like, we didn't talk about it because I know you guys are. Uh, fans as well so looking yeah, forward to it cannot wait so that's it ladies and gentlemen thanks for tuning in on this week's episode of the epic film guys podcast and again we can't be thankful enough or more appreciative to virgil for hopping on and talking film with us it's it's something that i know we talk about a lot and i know not a lot of people get the opportunity to still see movies on film but knowing this place exists gives us hope and there's a comfort there and you provide us with Seriously, like I can't say it enough. The finest cinematic experience known to man that's still left on this planet right now. So uh, thanks again, man. And until next time, Loisos, we will see you at the movies. Hi, folks. I'm Rico. I'm Nacho. He's Peppy. See? You can find us at the concession stand in the lobby. Along with all sorts of other tasty goodies. See? Rico's Nachos, a refreshingly new and different snack discovery. Chock full of high quality ingredients, crisp, fresh tortilla chips, covered with creamy aged cheddar cheese, topped off with zesty jalapeno pepper rings. Rico's Nachos, out of sight. Remember, folks, we're the new star at the snack bar. Rico's Nachos, a new taste treat you can't beat. See? Rico's Nachos, on sale at the snack bar now.